0: Praise the Lord. Remain standing for prayer, if you would. Just go ahead, and if you're standing, go ahead and remain standing for prayer. And uh, let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer as we get started today. Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as we come before you. I thank you for your, in that sense, as the songwriter has said, your reckless love. Because, Lord Jesus, you did describe yourself, even the good shepherd that you are, Leaving the 99 to go out and look for the one. And I know we can assume that you had an assistant shepherd there. You had somehow had it, you know, secure and everything done. And, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. And, and, I, and, I, I, and I do know, Lord. I do know. Seems like you stopped the universe in order to be able to save us. You left glory to come down, to be born as a man, to take on our nature without and yet do it without sin so that you could die for us and save us and shed your blood. What a reckless thing to do. And it's the only thing that would have, would have won. And so, Father, we thank you today that you did that for us. God, we look to you today because we want to have that type of love for others. We want to have, to have that type of love in our relationships. We want to display that for you. And so, Father, we ask you to be with us today as we look in your word together, for we ask it in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated in the Lord's presence. If you have your Bible with you, one verse in Proverbs, I'm going to have you look at Proverbs 27. And uh, then from there, so it's not really a passage exposition today as we have been doing. But we're gonna, This is Valentine's Day, and it's special. And uh, you know, it's uh, since it's uh, you know, it really surprises me because it really started snowing between services here, and I thought, wow, you know, nobody's going to show up the second service. But praise the Lord, you're here, and thankful. We're thankful for everybody who's tuning in online, and praising the Lord. Uh, you know, whenever all the sh- handshaking that has to go on between what goes on live and what goes out over the platforms. Uh, various media platforms, uh, you know, works, and uh, we're able to get that together. Praise the Lord for that. Because, you know, a lot of times it's not what is happening to us that is so important. It's whether we're walking with God in it. So are you walking with God as you get to where you're going? And so I'm just, I'm thankful that you're here today. Um, coldest Valentine's Day on record, so you are making history. And... Uh, So I want to talk about uh, Valentine's special, and this is, uh, you know, I think there are places where we slip in our relationships, both our relationship to God, our relationships with other people, and maybe no place more important than in marriage, but also in other relationships as well, um, among singles, in parenting, other places. So since today is Valentine's Day, then my gift to you is a fix-it study. This is a fix it study and these fix it facts are not just for you. I want you to be able to take take these things to people who are close to you so you can use them to heal them also in any relationship areas. Now, in other words, and you know if you've come here for any amount of time, you, maybe over 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 time you kind of get adjusted to my teaching and i'm you know i'm not a great orator, and i'm not a good actor and you know some people from the pulpit they got to be that and so i'm not good with those things and i tend to uh, you know give out things from the bible some people have described it like trying to get a drink from a fire hose and uh, i'll I'll concede that but also you know drinking from a fire hose uh, also at least quenches your thirst and so you know today maybe could seem sort of like that, but here's what I will say. If you will take down what we're saying, if you'll fill in the blanks, if you'll take that handout and that outline home with you, basically, you have a discipleship lesson on solving relationship problems. And if you happen to have somebody who comes to you, and maybe it's a couple and they're going through marital issues or some other relationships in some other areas, you're going to find things out of here that you can take and use and say, you know, let me just share with you this and let's go to the Bible and let's look, look at this. And so for a few moments and with your prayers and by the aid and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I want to file a missing passions report. And my Missing Passions report is based on this little verse in Proverbs 27, verse 19. As in water, face entereth to face, so the heart of man to man. As we see each other, we see ourselves reflected in each other. Because your heart is the face of your soul. And so here's my thesis for today's study. Just like water shows a reflection of your physical features, your inner features are reflected by the passion in your relationships. So in Acts chapter 1, writing to Theophilus, Luke says that Jesus gave a great commission to his apostles... And in verse 3 of Acts chapter 1, he says, "...to whom also Jesus showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs." I mean, they saw him for 40 days. And when he, when he talked with him, you know, he wasn't telling them about how cool it was to be dead and now be alive. And, you know, he wasn't just telling them about how cool a glorified body was that he got after resurrection. It says he was speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Do you have a passion for redemptive relationships? And you know, this is my first point for study, because your relationships become redemptive when you understand that God made you different because he wants to use you uniquely, And he wants to use you uniquely in adding people to his kingdom for eternity. I mean, only you know what the Lord has done for you, and that is the definition of your testimony. So let's get a fix-it lesson today, and let's ignite our passions today, because if we can find our missing passions, then our marital problems, our relationship problems, they will be on the way to being fixed. So if you're here and you're not asleep, I know just what you're saying. I mean, even by this point, you're saying, okay, look, Alan, you know, when I got out of bed this morning, I mean, I was just thinking, I better not even come today. I mean, why don't I just let the, you know, use the snow as an excuse. Coldest Valentine's Day on record. I mean, somehow I sensed that you were going to take this Sunday, open my heart and look inside and do it right in front of other people. I mean, honestly, Alan, some Sundays, I feel like you are doing open-heart surgery on me. And if I were honest, I would admit, my passion has petered out. a passion that God gave me when I first got saved, it has waned, it has wandered, it has grown weak. The passion when I first got married, the passion when I first had a child, the passion of... The job, I mean, it's just all missing. And and I know the only way I can come correct is to start loving things that I ought to be loving with passion. So don't let me leave here till you tell me. How can I stop slipping in my relationships and avoid missing the passion that will honor my Savior? Well, I'd be glad to help you out. Give me a minute to unpack some Bible principles and we'll clothe ourselves with our truth, get our healing, and head out of here ready to, to grow, ready to go, and ready to show the gospel to, to others. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, which we have there on your handout, verse 14 I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that is nothing but passion right there. That brings me to our second point for study. No great thing has ever been achieved for God without passion for the right thing with the right people. Because passion is what sustains us as we reach forward and upward and onward toward the prize of the high calling God has given us in Jesus Christ. But since you're not yet feeling me like I need you to, can I give you an experiential explanation of the heartbeat of your humanity? See, I know that Chevy thinks that they are the heartbeat of America, but in reality, if, 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 You will notice these four things. They are the things that define what passion is. Number one, passion is an emotion that compels us to action. It is a desire that drives us to deeds. Passion is what mobilizes armies to sacrifice for their country and what drives scientists to to discover cures for deadly viruses. And passion is what equips athletes to, to break records. So then on the other hand, this is number two, passion also means a desire that drives us toward reproduction. So it gives zest and zeal and vitality, and it's the desire that drives us, even in a physical sense, to propagate and reproduce the human race. I mean, all good uh, relationships should have an element of passion, which propels people toward each other, and then third... Passion is an enthusiasm for a great cause. I mean, passion makes your life great again. And passion turns the improbable into the possible and the unbelievable into the achievable. But we also use the word passion one more way. And especially as we approach Easter coming up in a couple of months... Because in the final analysis, this is number four, passion is a willingness to suffer in order to serve the Savior. As a matter of fact, the passion is the gospel narrative of Christ's sufferings on the cross to carry our sin and cover our sin so that we could have eternal life. And as a believer, by being born again, you are to mirror that passion. Because face it, your body... Is just transportation to eternity. And so here's our third point for study how you enter eternity and where you spend eternity is based on what passion you have in this life. And I think this is significant because all of us need to better understand our own motivations and what is it that makes us do the things that we do. Is it 5G? Is it 5G Christianity? 5G Christianity is give God great glory by grace. So is it that? Or are there other factors fueling your passion? The Bible uses the word heart in a number of ways. So let me just summarize my word study for you. Because all of the times it uses the word heart, it points toward our motivation for certain action. So in the Bible, your heart speaks to your desires, your longings, your ambitions, your affections, the things you care about, and the things that you love to do. So it's not just your body that makes you you, because your body is not you, but your heart is. And that means your spiritual heartbeat races at certain opportunities, and that is intentional. And trust me, I've done enough funerals to know. I mean, I can tell you up front, when they, when your family calls me in, says, hey, we'd like you to do the funeral, the thing they're going to be talking about is what were your passions. Say something about his or her passions. Talk about what motivated them and 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 i you know this is what i loved about them because this was their passion well holy interests have to be motivated by the holy spirit because the bible says your heart determines four things in your life and this is what your heart determines first letter a what you what you say why you say what you do It determines why you say what you do, Matthew 12, verse 34. O generation of vipers, that's Jesus talking here, you you might not know that unless I tell you, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So you might as well pass a note to your neighbor today and just go ahead and tell him I'm in trouble already. Not even halfway through the message, I'm in trouble already. Because second, second, your heart, letter B, it determines why you feel the way you feel. Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Third, letter C, it determines why you act the way you do. Proverbs 4, verse 23: Keep thy heart, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. And then finally, it determines why you give to what you do. Luke 12, verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So your heart is the internal compass that God puts within you to guide you toward his divine purpose as your heart is conditioned by Bible promises. And I wish you'd get that before you go because... Here's what that means. It's our fourth point for study. God has crafted your passions, not just for your temporal existence, but to achieve eternal significance. And you may have the same spiritual gifts as somebody else in here, but your passion is different. And because your passion is different, you're motivated to use them in a different way, in a different place, at a different time, in different means. So let me shift the spotlight of our study to four things that each of us can do to increase our heartbeat. Okay, not your heart burn, your heart beat. Okay, take the mask off off your ears. Not your heart burn, but increase your heartbeat. Anybody want to hear this? Just give me the peace sign. Okay, give me that. Okay, just hippie love today. All right, I'll even take paralysis as consent because it's just that important four exercises and the first thing to increase your passion this number one is to seek God and that's where you got to start and that's why this is something that if you'll take and you'll get down and you'll take home with you it will be available to you somebody comes to you maybe a couple having relationship problems what is what is the first thing that you should focus them on it should be this seeking God why is this the first step on fixing your marriage, or fixing your spouse, or fixing any other relationship this Valentine's Day, it is because God created you to begin with. He's the one who made you to begin with, and I, you know, and I understand science, and you know, we all had, um, you know, we all had health class and and family planning or whatever they call it today, and so we understand that you got 13 chromosomes from mom and 13 chromosomes from dad and they mixed together to produce dna and so you got your genes from your parents but you got your soul from god so god put you in, in inside of what they created and that belongs to him and he put you there in that spot to lead you to his purpose and you know god created your spouse also but here's our fifth point for study unless you place your passions under divine control Your motivation's always going to be mixed. I mean, your ambition is always going to be ambivalent. Your perspective will always be somewhat perverted. So, what must you do first? You must seek God. Seek God in the Scriptures, because that is where He's placed His presence. And then, the more fully alive to, and the more passionate for God's purpose you become, well, well. then look at what happens. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, premise, and he'll give you the desires of your heart, promise. Now, that's an amazing promise concerning your passions. Okay, watch, verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, premise, and he shall bring it to pass, Promise. So this is a conditional promise, as many promises in the Word of God are. It is a promise with a premise... Because until you complete the premise, God is not obligated to the promise. And, I, and that is why. You, 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 you cry and you ask why and you say, well, God, why haven't you done this? And God, why did you allow that? And God, how come in this relationship things are so wrong it can't go right? And what's happening? Well, did, you know, I, I've been claiming your promise. Have you fulfilled the premise? When, when you try to live without God, you always get it in reverse. And you get it in reverse because live, spelled backwards, is evil. I'm just saying. Hello, somebody. So start with hanging around God, then you'll become like God. And if you become like God, you'll start thinking godly. And if you are thinking godly over time, you will start feeling godly, and then you will function with godly passion. As I told you, this is a fix-it study. Because second, second, this is number two, you must study your own growth. You know, every now and then, you need to review your own spiritual history. Paul wrote to the Galatians, and at the end of that book, he was writing to them. In chapter 6, verse 4, he tells them and says, But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Prove, you know, test yourself, evaluate yourself, ask yourself questions like, What have I accomplished or what have I achieved for Christ's kingdom? I mean, maybe if I actually believe Matthew 6.33 and I put first his kingdom, he'll take care of everything else for me. I mean, maybe if I put Christ at the center, he'll take care of what is on the circumference. I mean, maybe if I put him with the focus, he'll take care of my periphery. Why don't I actually try that and live by that right now? See, Romans 12, verse 3 says, "...for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith." The things you must trust God for. So honestly, evaluate your spiritual strengths and weaknesses because nobody, none of us in here, no one in here has a closet that is all full of suits and no skeletons. None of you. Nobody does. As a matter of fact, some of you got R. Kelly in your closet. I know. I, you might as well admit. You know, God... Oh, we're all just clay. And God takes some clay and he makes fine china and God takes some clay and he makes everyday dishes. And the fine china is not better than the everyday dishes because china only gets used once in a while. And so what I want to be is God's coffee cup. I don't know about you. I want to be God's coffee cup. And if you want to increase the passion of your spiritual heartbeat, then number three, structure your options. Are you born again? You need the discipline, if you are, you need the discipline of discipleship. And let me not bury the lead in terms of the answer and part of the answer and a big part of the answer because, you know, we have a discipleship ministry here and um, all you have to do is sign up and we'll we'll pair you up with someone to take you through the Bible one-on-one in 16 basic fundamental concepts of the Christian life, but it is so much more than that. Because it is through those particular concepts that you feel close to God. You feel connected to God. You feel loved by God. You feel connected with other people in this church. You get connected to what God is doing. You fulfill God's eternal purpose in your life. And you know, none of us can discipline ourselves without that biblical structure. So, Psalm 23, verse 23 says, By the truth... And sell it not. Also, because you know, once you get the truth bought, then you're able to purchase wisdom, instruction, and understanding, which are based on working out that truth that you spent something for in order to get. So try all different types of activity, and you can be mentored in ministry because the mission is every member ministry. And our 6 point for study, if you're a Christian couple or a married believer, I don't know how I can fix your relationship without you fulfilling every member ministry. That has to be a big part of it. You have to be led and encouraged to get out of yourself and into what God is doing. So, passionate people respond positively to structure, and they're not intimidated by the expectation of submission. They realize the only thing that matters is the will of God, and they're good with that. So what should you do? Look at Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. That's what you should do, because a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. That's why you ought to join one of our harvest teams. You know, we've got a handout on that in your, in your you know handout today. We've got an insert on that. I think you should also probably be able to down that, uh, download that online. And it lists, uh, I don't know, 14 or so teams we've got so far. Some of them are kind of located in different ones of the adult classes. And I think at least one's going to be a... One's going to be maybe a singles group, a harvest team, and, and others. We want, to, we want iron to sharpen iron. We want to make you sharper between now and Easter in your testimony. So you know how to construct it, you know how to write it out, and you know how to give it. And you have some experience doing that, not in a, uh, you know, not in a setting where you've never done it before, but do it with friends, with people who are going to encourage you and improve you and sharpen you. So you ought to join one of our harvest teams. Now let me open a window on that word, because uh, when, I, when I tell you that you ought to join one of our harvest teams, it is because it is the hot poker method. This is the hot poker method. Uh, if you take a poker and you put it in a hot fire and you leave it there long enough, then when you pull it out of the fire, the fire that was in the fireplace is now in the poker. Okay, I don't see why you're not getting this. Uh, uh, Let me be kind and rewind. Okay, first, the fire is in the fireplace, and then the poker is put in the fireplace, in the fire, and if you leave it there long enough, the fire gets in the poker. Okay, wait, I can do that even gooder. Hanging around people who are constantly critical, and it won't be long before you are negative. Hang around people who are negative. It won't be long before you get totally depressed. Hang around people who only want to hang out and get high, and it won't be long before you are just like them. And I won't ask you how you know. I won't ask you how you know. Structure is what surrounds you and you cling to so that you can climb. So the solution to lack of passion is simple. Change your structure. Hang around people who are excited for God and you will become enthusiastic for God. Hang around people who love the Lord and love his word and you'll start loving the Lord and loving his word. Okay, wait. If you don't want fleas, stop sleeping with the dogs. I'm just saying. Study God. Seek God. Study your growth. Structure your options so that, number four, you can step out in faith god will initiate things in your life that will demand a faith response god's job is not to make you happy it's to make you holy so god's job is not to make your life easy it is for his providence to initiate things that demand a faith response on your part and if you do not respond from a position of faith well then you're in sin because there is a four-letter word that starts with F. That is the big reason why. Fear. So your greatest heart stopper is fear. But your most effective fear stopper is faith. And that is why Jesus said to his apostles in Mark chapter 4 verse 40, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Fear is spiritual cholesterol. And faith is the blocker. You know, somebody listen to me right now. You have allowed fear to suffocate your service and maybe even suffocate your spirituality. And fear has kept you from being discipled and kept you from discipling anybody else. And, fear, you know, fear is like an iron boot on the breathing line of your diving bell. And so let me give you three kinds of fear that I see that will kill your passion. First letter A, fear or ridicule. Uh, Because I know some people say, you know, well, what? What what are they going to say if I give them my testimony? Okay, well, how about you just get back to the simplicity of the gospel and just please God? Because I know that every Sunday, every single Sunday, some of you leave glad, some of you leave sad, and some of you leave mad. And you know, while while that's somewhat my concern, that's really not my concern, as long as I have pleased the Lord and glorified God, because my charge, and I pass this charge on to you, is to preach and proclaim a Cinderella gospel. And a Cinderella gospel just says, hey, if the shoe fits, wear it. You know what? God saves sinners. Are you in sin? Well, if the shoe fits, wear it. Admit it. Confess it. Repent of it. Come to God. You know, uh, Jesus died for, for sinners. God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. All right, the shoe, the shoe fits. Wear it. I mean, I can't be afraid of your reaction if I am spirit-led in love and giving you God's truth. So loving and being spirit-led, not by your estimation or even even mine so much, but according to God's word and, and it conditioning my conscience by the Holy Ghost. So when people discourage you, then you've got to understand something. You've got to understand that if they are discouraging you, it means they are dissing your courage and distancing you from your destiny. So recover your missing passion today because passionate people do not let others discourage them from God and from godliness. As a matter of fact, passionate people interpret discouraging things in a totally different light. I mean, if you find a passionate person and you start to diss their courage on them, I mean, they take that as a sign that they're headed in the right direction. So you know, some people are bought, blocked by fear of ridicule, Second, letter B, some by fear of failure. I mean, what if I flitter and fall back in it? But passionate people realize the way to success is through failure. Falling backward is how you turn around forward. Why? Because success comes from experience, and experience comes from making the wrong choice. Hello, somebody. I mean, sometimes in your life, you got to go, ready, fire, aim. Because some people spend so much time aiming, what they're shooting at gets, gets away. So don't be afraid to go out on a limb if that's where the fruit is at. And many people are stopped by ridicule, some by fear of failure, and third, others by fear of the unknown. And that's why stage number four is to step out in faith. Because following God is always going to entail risk in your life. And it will always entail risk because the devil will always be against it. And it's not just the devil that's against it. I mean, he's always able to find willing accomplices to act as his agents in opposition. So what you have to do is try God enough to trust God and then trust God enough to try God. Because our final point for study is this. The antidote is faith. And as you count on God to fuel your passion for the purpose which he planted you in his kingdom and this church, then the antidote is always faith. Feel the fear, but do it anyway. Because check this. If, if you are in the place God wants you to be, then experiencing the feeling of fear that's part of God's providence God is with you providentially and the problem is not the event or the action or, or the issue that is coming against you the, the, uh, the bottom line is always are you walking with God through what he's providentially brought in your life why? because faith involves what you cannot see and what you cannot control preach Alan see courage is not the absence of fear Nobody is courageous if they're not afraid. Courage is determining to move ahead despite your fears. So do not base your life on the path of least resistance. Instead, do what Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 2. Look at this on your handout, Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure work what is on the inside until it shows up on the outside even with fear and trembling on your part so if you're married put your heart into it if you have a job put your heart into it if you're a student at school put your heart into it if you're a parent put your heart into it If you come to this church, put your heart into it. Look for how you can use it to fuel the passion you should have for God in your life and get that out to others. Do not live a passionless existence in this life. Do not worship in a blasé way. Do not read your Bible in a boring way. Look for new ways to praise and to pray. So, to close today, can I give you a prescription to restore your missing passion? How do you know when your heart is pumping like it should be for God? Well, let me give you three characteristics, and then we'll race up out of here. To work from your heart in a passionate spiritual experience, first, letter A, have enthusiasm. I mean, we all need a little nudge from time to time. That's that's what our harvest teams will give you. So have enthusiasm by making your heart fit your duty. Make it fit your duty as a husband or wife. Make it fit your duty as a parent. Make it fit your duty as a Christian. Second letter B, have effectiveness. Because God doesn't want you to just endure his service. He wants you to enjoy his service even even when, maybe especially when, it is hard. So he wants you to endure the pain with joy, with the joy of the Lord being your strength so that your tombstone will be able to read born a man, born a woman, died a discipler and his or her spirit lives on. If you don't have a tombstone, then inscribe that on your urn. Third, letter C, have excellence. If you know that you're doing something for God and there is that sense in you, I am doing, I'm not doing this for Alan, I'm not doing it for anybody else. I am doing this for God, I'm not doing it for my spouse, I'm not doing it for my boss. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Then when you have the sense that you are doing that, you'll get better at it. And you won't, you won't be as apt to do the wrong thing. Because when you're not doing something for God, you are doing the wrong thing. So seek God, study your growth, structure your options, and then step out in faith. And that is a fix-it lesson we, can, we all need and we can use with anybody. Because then you'll be effective with excellence because the key to godly productivity is having spiritual passion. It is impossible to be mediocre in ministry and masterful in your marriage or in your life. You have to give God the best in order to function at your best in every relationship. So avoid slips in relationships. (laughs) Give God the first and give God the best with passion. Because passion will outlast everything else. My time is up. I thank you for yours. You know, I don't want this church to be an average church. I I want this church to be a five-star church done in a sanctanasium. I mean, five-star church even during a pandemic. Why? Because we serve an excellent and passionate God. And God's glory does not deserve you to go halfway for him. Christ's death on the cross does not deserve you to live without passion for that and passion for the spiritual and passion for the gospel. So every head bowed, every eye closed, every Christian pray, Our God does not want to leave your heart empty or your spirit cold or your soul hungry today. I mean, this is Valentine's Day. God knows you and loves you, and Jesus was passionate for you. So do not hear the gospel today in vain. Respond to it. And all you have to do is pray right now and say, God, I know you love me. I know you love me because you love me enough to send Jesus to die so that you could save me. Jesus, I trust you for eternal life. God wants to make a move in your life right now if you will just move toward him. So whatever you're facing, open your heart to him as your savior. Just pray and say, I receive you right now by putting my faith in you. By believing you did what the Bible says, and you're hearing me as I pray, and you are offering me eternal life, life after death, as the gift of your grace. So God, forgive me of my sins for Jesus' sake. And since God is working now, it's time for you to respond now. I mean, don't don't just watch and wonder. Respond. The Word will be your foundation. This church will be your family. What what you do for God, the the unity we have will be your uniqueness and the holiness that we grow into will be your happiness. And the Christ-likeness will be your character and heaven will be your home and love will be your legacy and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Just say, God, I want to be born again. I want to start becoming in Christ the person you created me to be by the gospel. I will never be ashamed of you. Jesus here, I give you my life. And if you prayed like that or you want to be baptized uh, after you know, you're saved but you haven't been baptized, you want to join our church, maybe you're, you know, right now membership in another church or someplace, or you want to be discipled or have any other spiritual need for help or assistance, then when I get done praying, come up here and let us know. Or if you're watching online, call, text, or email us and let us know so I can give you a copy of my book, Next Steps for New Believers. Go ahead and stand. Let's have a word of prayer as we dismiss. Father, I pray today for the passionate. Lord, I pray for the passionate. I pray that you would kindle the faith of some who need their faith put on fire today. I pray that you'd allow us to do exactly what Paul told Timothy and and and, uh, and others to do to stir up the gift that's been given us by God, Lord. Don't let us let it lie low and just turn cold and do nothing to affect the lost people in our environment that are in our network of neighbors and family and friends. Lord, we ought to, they ought to see us on fire. For you. So I pray for the passionate. I pray that you'd help us have harvest kids. S-s- classes in both services starting March 7th. I pray for the previous team of people who worked and those who want to be new to helping us out in that ministry, Lord, that they'll come to the box to brunch and er- enrichment training that they can get this Saturday, night to noon. I pray for passion in our harvest teams, for passion about sharpening ourselves and sharpening each other to be better with the gospel of grace. You deserve no less. So Lord, we pray that Jesus might be able to see the results of his passion and the thing he poured his heart out for in us and how we respond and what we do for you. So Lord, be with us to give us that, to do that through us from this day forward. As we look to you in the days and months ahead, we ask these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen.